bowls, which represents God's judgment. Yes. So we're going over the seven bowls, which is God's judgment. And Alexa, the bowls are similar to what other judgment that's already come in Revelation. They're like an intensification of the trumpets. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. This is an intensification. And, and Ty, what's one of the differences between the bowls and the trumpets? The bowls are similar, except there's, there's, there's a little more to it. It's, well, the trumpets were kind of like a third of this would happen. And the, uh, the bowls is like, it's all out there now. That's exactly right. The bowls kind of have more of a finality to it. And the trumpets, you know, a third of the animals in the sea died. A third of the, the, the moon was, or the sun was darkened. And, and instead, in the, in the bowls, everything in the ocean dies. The sun doesn't darken. It, it brightens and scorches people. It's, it's this idea of judgment. And so I don't think, and I don't know, I, 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 we know they're not literal. Alexa, why do we know that these aren't literal judgments? Because it's an apocalyptic genre. Yeah. And so the entire story is all going to be cyclical. It's going to be symbolic. Nothing is going to be literal, really. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now, it is, it's symbolic of real things, but we're, the sun is not actually going to intensify. Um, I don't think, I mean, obviously, I don't think the water is going to turn to blood. It is, it is just pushing this idea of God's judgment. The world is breaking as a result of God's judgment. Things are not going the way they're supposed to go because of God's judgment. Um, and now we get into the second half of 16. So let's go ahead, the sixth, the sixth bowl. I almost said the sixth trumpet, and you'll see why. Ty, can you read 12 and 13? 12 and yep. 13. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. Okay, good. So the sixth angel, and then we see a place that we have seen before. Alexa, what is this place that we have seen before? Euphrates. Yes, so this is the river Euphrates. Now, Ty, is it the literal river Euphrates? Do you remember in the past when we've talked about the Euphrates River? What does it symbolize? What's going on here? So it's, it's not the real river Euphrates. It just represents like a chaotic river. Yeah, so all throughout, now remember, remember, and, and Noah, the only reason I'm not asking you these is because I'm just, I'm just trying to keep you get you caught up on things that, that these two have been around for. So Alexa, the key to interpreting revelation is what, what's the key you, to interpreting revelation? You don't look forward to the future or the present time. You look back to the old Testament. That's exactly right. You go back to the old Testament. So we look to the, you, the river Euphrates in the old Testament, and this is where all of Israel's enemies were on the other side of the Euphrates. And even in that history, Rome was sacked by the Visigoths. You know, there's not going to be a quiz, but just Rome get, ends up being destroyed by the Visigoths. Guess where they are? On the other side of the Euphrates. And remember, in its current context, Rome was persecuting all the Christians. So when John says judgment is coming from the Euphrates River, everyone there knew that it was about Rome. And sure enough, this happens. But here's what's even crazier. In the Old Testament, okay, um, 
during the prophet of Isaiah, okay, specifically, if you're taking notes, Isaiah 41 and Isaiah 44, okay, those chapters, uh, Israel is being overrun by Babylon, okay, and we'll, we'll see more about Babylon later on. Um, side note, what does Babylon represent in Revelation? We've talked about it just a little bit. Thoughts on this, Ty or Alexa? Babylon? I want to say like a city that doesn't worship God. Okay, yeah. So it represents kind of the evil city, the anti-Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city of God. Babylon is the anti-city of God. Babylon is the world system, money, sex, power, things that aren't Jesus equal happiness, right? That's Babylon, okay? Think about the Tower of Babel, right? Early in Genesis, they're building this giant tower. It's a symbol of their pride. Babylon is just the city of that, okay? Now, but there was a real Babylon, just like there was a real Egypt, right? And a real Pharaoh, et cetera, et cetera. So in Isaiah 41 and 44, Babylon is ruling over Israel, persecuting the people of God, Hmm, that sounds exactly like Revelation. And in Isaiah, Isaiah talks about how Cyrus, the king of Persia, now where else do we know Persia from? What other book of the Bible is Persia? Yes. Esther. Yeah, Esther. Cyrus is King A's dad. Okay? <laughs> so Cyrus is King A's dad. Real people in real history, you can look it up anywhere, right? Cyrus comes in, Isaiah says that Cyrus is going to come in and destroy Babylon. And guess where Cyrus has to cross to get into Babylon? Euphrates. Euphrates River. Okay. So this is Old Testament knowledge that everybody knows that John is applying to the New Testament and to these believers. He was like, you thought that was crazy when, when, literal Babylon was destroyed. Wait until the whole world system of Babylon is destroyed. So here's what God is saying. This is a bold judgment, okay? This is a bold judgment, and he's saying that by getting rid of the Euphrates River, notice, um, Alexa, can you just read 12? The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Ty, why would it be a bad thing for you if the Euphrates River was dried up? What would that mean? Make it easier for you to get invaded. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So it's his way of saying, I'm about to, every judgment that I have held back in all my mercy and all my kindness to you, Babylon, worldly mm -hmm. system, Babylon, now it's just a free for all. I'm letting the dog off the leash. Does that make sense? His judgment is coming. Now, these kings from the east, this is not, think about a globe, northeast. This isn't North Korea, which if you think about it, is to the west of the United States as well. It's a globe, right, to the west of California. It's not North Korea. It's not China. It's not Iraq, et cetera, et cetera, right? Because, if, because Alexa, if I took modern day stuff and shoved it into my Bible, what, what's that called? Newspaper eschatology. Yeah, that's newspaper eschatology. That's taking a modern event and shoving it into the Bible. Ty, why, what are some reasons that that's not a good thing? 
because if if it was that then the specific event would be written in the bible and also yeah none of these people you know there would have been it wouldn't have been worth studying back then right exactly so yeah exactly if it was north korea well there is no korea in the new testament nobody even knows what that is um and it also it can be anything if it's modern day stuff it can be any why not the plague that wiped out england why not the civil war why not world war one well it is all those things right we're in revelation now okay good um the kings from the east just means the euphrates river was to the east of israel it's to the east of rome I'm unleashing all this chaos on you because of your sin. That was a lot. Are we all on the same page? You guys tracking his judgment? He's just letting it all out now. Here we go. Um, Ty, can you just read 13? I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. Good. Okay. Let me back up real quick. What's the only other time in the Old Testament when a certain sea or river had water removed so that other people could pass through? Uh, when Moses parted the, the Nile. The Exodus, right? And the, so that's the Red Sea, the Red Sea, Ty, but you're oh, there, sorry. you're there, you're there. <laughs> but that was to free God's people from Egypt. And now it's like a reverse exodus. Now the Euphrates is dried up, so more bad people can come and deliver God's people from Babylon. Does that make sense? It's a reverse exodus. So think about exodus, which is super important because Alexa, the trump. Now the bowls represent the trumpets, but the trumpets are similar to what? The plagues from the Exodus. Plagues, yes, from Exodus. The plagues from Exodus, right? Okay, so it's all kind of coming together. All right, I saw out of the mouth. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So hold on, we have three things in 13. What are these three things? Alexa, what's two of them? Wait, from 13? In verse 13, there are two things, well, three things mentioned, but three people or monsters or whatever you want to talk about. Uh, it says the three impure spirits. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, that's true. Unclean spirits like frogs. They're coming out of the mouths of the what? The dragon and the beast and the false prophet. The dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. All right, Ty, the dragon is who? Satan. Satan. That's the dragon, Revelation 12. The beast, well, let's back up. The false prophet has another name, but what's the false prophet? What's going on here? Uh, isn't it the, the second beast? Bingo. The beast from the land, which is false religion. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I guess we were we got too intense for... <laughs> um, so yeah, so that is the false prophet. And, and so same thing, false religion, false prophet. This isn't, the false prophet is not Oprah or Hollywood or whatever, okay? And then the beast is what or who, Alexa? The beast. Is that the one that comes out of the ocean? Yeah, yeah, you're lie? there, you're okay. there, you're there. Okay. What, what does it represent in real life? Oh, is that the... Oh no! You're there. Um, You're there. Yep. I was thinking confusion. That wasn't it. Was that was the um the is that the government? Yes. The... So okay. so any system of government that is against Christianity, right? So, and out of the beast of uh, out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. So, I don't know why they're frogs. I've read four different commentaries, and none of them have a good. And not that it's their fault. I just 
you know, there's not really a clear explanation. The only thing I can think, so first of all, with frogs, we have a similarity to what? Think about the trumpets. Go ahead, Ty. It's uh, one of the plagues in Exodus. Yes, it's again, so this is all judgment. It's all judgment, okay? Um, so it's the, it's, three unclean spirits, and it comes from where specifically, Alexa, on the beast and stuff? The mouth. The mouth. So what does that represent? What's going on? Are they biting them? What's going on? No, it's like false teaching. Yes, this is, it's all false teaching. Guns and war and whatever, racism and false views of women and men. It's all has to do with being taught incorrectly. Does that make sense? It's all rooted, you know, Hitler didn't yell the Jews to death, but in a way he kind of did because it was his false teaching and false leading that led to all the deaths of all those people. So the, the false religion of the world, the, the evil government systems of the world are all being led by Satan. There's your three animals, right? And it's causing all this destruction, okay? That's what's going on here. Um, Alexa, can you read 14 and 15? They are demonic spirits that perform signs and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. Good, okay. Mm -hmm. So first of all, also check this out. The beast... Um, the false prophet and the dragon. Alexa, how many is that? Three. Okay, Ty, what other three in the Bible is like super famous and important? Uh, well, the three days that, that Jesus, uh, when he That's died on true. the cross, That's he true. rose again three days later. <laughs> um, three has to do with God. Oh, the Trinity. Bingo, bingo. Yeah, Trinity. This, is like a, this is like an anti-Trinity. Does that make sense? This is a false Trinity, Okay. Um, and they are corrupting the world, whereas God is helping and growing and creating the world. And they're demonic spirits. They perform signs. And again, we've talked about this before, but I don't think this is literally false prophets working miracles. I don't think that's what this is. I think it is more just the world is amazed and just, and just so impressed by what all these false governments and false religions are doing. Does that make sense? And like, we, you know, you even hear false stories of, you know, Allah doing all these miracles and Muhammad doing all these miracles that didn't actually take place, okay? So I don't think this is literal miracles, but, and I mean this seriously, you know, if there comes a day in the future where I'm gone and you guys are the ones who are left, understand signs and miracles don't convert people. It's teaching that converts people. Does that make sense? So even if for some reason, some crazy false prophet comes to life and starts whatever, bringing people back from the dead and stuff, I know that's going to be insanely unnerving, but we have to remember that that doesn't in itself convert someone to Christianity. Does that make sense? That's the key. Listen to what's coming out of their mouths, right? Listen to the doctrine that they teach. If it's not Jesus, you know it's, it's this horror, okay? Does that make sense? Um, and so, so they're getting ready. They're, they're bringing all the kings together, Alexa, to do what, according to verse 14? 
Um, they're getting them ready to gather for battle on the day of the great Lord Almighty. Yeah, this, this big battle is coming. And then in 15, is 15 in parentheses for any of you guys? Mine's red. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. In Noah? Parentheses? Mine's in parentheses. Yeah. Ty, what about you, man? Parentheses. Parentheses. Okay. So it's almost like um, John is inserting that into the text. Does that make sense? He's, he's telling you this story, but don't forget this. You see what I'm saying? That's what he's doing here. And so I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake. This is from Luke chapter 12. It's red. Alexa, do you know why it's red? Can you hazard a guess? Because God said it. Jesus said it. Bingo. This is Luke 12, 35 through 40. Now that's not five verses, but it's in that section. And Jesus is talking about his second coming, okay? Now, what does he mean, Ty, when he says he's going to come like a thief? Is he going to steal our TV and our clothes? What's going to happen here? No, it's going to be unexpected. Exactly. He's coming back at any time. So now, now we're getting ready to talk about Armageddon, the Battle of Armageddon. But this, we're already starting to get a flavor for this. It, it's a battle, a war. But the way Christians get ready for the war is by doing what, according to verse 15? How do we get ready for this? How do we do this? Stay awake. Yeah. What does that mean, Ty? Does that literally mean you can't sleep? What's going on? No, that means just uh, just prepare for, you know, try not to live a sinful life. Uh, read God's word. Yeah. And, you know, be a Christian. You know, have a relationship with God. That's exactly right, Ty. Staying alert. Staying alert to the slow pull of sin, right? Staying alert to what's going on. This is how we engage in this war. So we're already starting to see. So have any of you guys read the Left Behind books? I didn't remember if you guys had or not. A little bit. It, okay, spoiler alert, sorry. But the second to last one is called Armageddon. And in that book, it is literally, they're, they're like, they get machine guns and they're shooting each other. It is a literal war in the Middle East. And of course, the hero is American, as if Jesus had that in mind. But so like, it's this whole, and again, they're great page turners. Like I'm, in, I'm all for reading, but you just got to know that they're just not right. Okay. So that's what Armageddon is. But we're starting to get a clue. Alexa, this, this Armageddon is not so much about machine guns as based on verse 15. What is it about? How do we fight back? What do we do? We stay alert and we just try to, I guess, share the word. Well, yeah. And like living a lot, fight. We're not fighting Iraqi extremists. We're fighting against our own sin. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? It's a spiritual battle. Okay. Now let's get into it. Uh, Ty, can you just read 16? They assembled them at the place that in Hebrew, Hebrew is called Armageddon. Okay. Does anybody have anything different than Armageddon in their Bible? It's all this. Okay, Noah, go ahead, buddy. Uh, Armageddon. Good. Okay. It's it's uh, in, go ahead. I was just saying, just with a hyphen between Har and them. Yeah. H A R dash Mageddon. Okay. Notice, Ty, what is the language that this name is in? It's in Hebrew. So this is a Hebrew word. All right. Armageddon is not Hebrew. Okay. Harmageddon, okay, this word in Hebrew literally means har is hill or mountain, 
So it's the mountain, and, and Armageddon is the same thing. Like, don't think your Bible is wrong. It's the same word, but Har is hill or mountain of Megiddo, okay? I spell it M-E-G-I-D-O. I think there's two Gs, actually, Megiddo. So Har, Megiddo, Armageddon, are we all on the same page so far? Okay. Alexa, the key to interpreting Revelation is to look where? To the Old Testament. The Old Testament. Megiddo is all over the Old Testament, okay? Here are a couple of things that happened in, the, in Megiddo. Do you remember the story in, I want to say it's 2 Kings, but I can't remember, Elijah against the prophets of Baal, where, where the, first, the first one to light the fire wins or whatever, and it's against Jezebel. Um, it's a great story, but guess where that takes place? Megiddo, okay? Um, King Saul... So the one before David, King Saul is killed in Megiddo, okay, on the plain of Megiddo, okay? Um, in Judges, Deborah and Barak fight against the Canaanites in Megiddo. Um, King Josiah dies in Megiddo. Jehu um, shoots an evil king in Megiddo, okay? Megiddo is this place where it's, think about the river Euphrates, right? Euphrates has Old Testament significance that John is shoving into our day, okay? Um, Megiddo is a place throughout history where Israelites have battled evil nations, okay? It's a place where all throughout the Old Testament, God's people have battled evil nations, okay? It's like, it's like the, you know, meet me, meet me on the playground at three o'clock. You know what I mean? Everybody knows where the playground is. Same thing with Megiddo. It's just where you fought. It's just where it all went down. And what John is talking about, and now think about this too. Euphrates, right? The river Euphrates and Babylon have both been tied. They're not really real. They're actually what in Revelation? They're symbolic. They're symbolic. There is no reason, guys, if the Euphrates River, which was two verses earlier, if Babylon, which earlier also, have been symbolic, there's no reason to shove Megiddo in and all of a sudden Megiddo's real. Does that make sense? This is about, and, and, and Ty, what is, it, what is it when we take a real place and current events and we shove it into Revelation? Newspaper eschatology. Right. If Megiddo is a real place, and again, it's, it's real, but if Megiddo is, is really what he's talking about, why don't we just go and nuke Megiddo so that this never happens? Does that make sense? And the other problem, too, we've talked about this before, that would turn it to strictly political and national, okay? Um, that's part of why everybody freaked out in the midnight, in the mid- um, 1900s when Israel became its own country because that makes Megiddo a place of political interest but but help me out think about who we worship in our religion what's the problem with what I'm talking about here if it's national and political it, what do we lose out on you're taking the bible out of it that's great Alexa that's exactly right you don't have to be a Christian you just have to be on the side that votes to destroy Megiddo. So you could destroy Megiddo, but still not go to heaven when you die. 
Does that make sense? But if Megiddo is just a symbol of battle throughout all of history, and it is a symbol of the battle that we are in right now, now it's a spiritual thing. Now your sin matters. If, if some random people are going to shoot each other to death with AKs in Megiddo 20 years from now or a thousand years from now, then why are we even doing this? You see what I'm saying? Who, who cares? But if Megiddo, which we know for a fact, is a place that God's people have always had to fight injustice, and we are now fighting against our own sin, now the battle of Megiddo has significance for every generation. Does that make sense? It affects us. So let me blow your mind. According to this text, we are in the battle of Armageddon right now. Okay? Just like, just like we're in, Alexa, when did Revelation, when did the end times really start? The second that Jesus went back up to heaven, it began. Yes, Acts 2, the church age. Think about it, think about it. In Revelation 12, when you have the dragon, the woman, and the child, the child goes up to heaven, that's Christ, and the dragon is now harassing the woman in the wilderness. The battle is happening right now. Revelation 12 was just a, a story, and now it's cycling back, right? And, and now it's talking about it through the battle of Megiddo, of Armageddon. It's the same story over and over again. Does that make sense? Questions on that? Other theories? I just want to be sure we're all on the same page here. So it's going on right now. It has significance for us right now. All right? So let's keep going. Um, Ty, can you read 17 and 18? The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. And a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake, such as there had never been since man was on the earth. So great was that earthquake. Good. So first of all, by the way, the sixth trumpet, the sixth trumpet was, you know, the trumpet blew, and all these enemies came from the east. The sixth bowl is the Euphrates dries up, and the enemies come from the east. The seventh trumpet is the end, right? And the seventh bowl is the same thing, all right? The seventh angel pours out the bowl in the air and he yells. And Ty, what does he yell according to 17? It is done. It's done. History is now over. After, so, so it looks like the battle of Armageddon will be waged until history is over. We will do battle against Satan and against our sin, until for us, the battle is over. And then until finally, one day, Christ will return and all the fighting and striving will cease, which is going to be so awesome. And then Ty, what, what, what are kind of the natural things that happen in 18? Uh, there's lightning, thunder, and earthquake. Good. It, what does this represent? What, what has happened here before? What's going on here? Uh, God's presence. God's presence. Yep. Perfect. Alexa, were you going to add anything different? My initial thought was that um, God created this earth and now it's kind of like going against the people. Mm -hmm. Like this place that like you thought was safe and that you lived on 
is now like attacking you. Like to all yeah. the earth dwellers, now it's like fighting you. Bingo. You're exactly right. And, and following the way of the world will always lead to chaos. And we'll get to more into what you just said, Alex, in a minute. Also remember the Old Testament, God sets Israel free. And then he comes down on Mount Sinai to deliver the Ten Commandments. And Sinai is covered in this massive thunderstorm and smoke and thunder and fire. That's the same thing here. God is coming back down to earth. Does that make sense? Just like he touched Mount Sinai. It's the same thing. Okay. Um, I think that's all I got on that one. Okay. Um, Ty, can you read 19 and, tw 19 and 20? Yep. The great city was split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. And God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine uh, drank the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath, and every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found. Good. So the great city is split. I don't think we're supposed to look too deeply into the three parts thing, um, but the great city. What is the great city, Alexa, according to 19? Babylon. Babylon. And Babylon is called a woman. It's her. This is where we get, and, and we'll, get, we'll keep going, but this is where we get the, the whore of Babylon and, and it's this idea of she has, this, the world was supposed to worship God, but instead it has worshiped other things, which is like um, an affair. It's like adultery. Does that make sense? Which is in part why sex and sexual relationships are, <coughs> excuse me, are so important, right? Because it points to this. But so Babylon is being punished. Now, Babylon isn't just a literal city. It's you know, in the past, it was Egypt. It was Babel. It was literal Babylon. It's whatever is the enemy of the people of God. It was Rome, right? Um, and now today, it's, it's any world system, any of the earth dwellers, like Alexa said, anyone who is part of the city of man, right? You might think about it that way. There's the city of man and the city of God. Whoever lives in the city of man lives in Babylon. Does that make sense? It's not a literal place. It's where we're living, right? It's where people are living right now. Just like the battle of Armageddon is not a literal battle. It's the battle going on right now. Okay. Um, oh, and then, so what's this weird thing going on here in 20? Ty, can you just read 20 one more time? And every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found. Anybody want to take a guess at what's going on here? It kind of has to do with what you were talking about, Alexa, a little bit. But what's thoughts on this? What's going on here? This is weird. I mean, if the ocean and all the water already, like, dried up and, like, it's kind of gone, then mm -hmm. islands wouldn't really exist anymore. It's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. It has to do with decreation the world so god created the heavens and the earth he created the mountains he created the ocean to separate land from other land and now the world is literally ending like not just the end of the world being the end of time and the world's still there does that make sense the world is literally coming undone due to god's wrath and god is returning He's, he's making everything new, right? I will make all things new, out with the old kind of deal. 
the whole earth is literally ending. It's all falling. When, when a body dies, right, in the week leading up to the death, you know, you might lose control of your bowels and your heart will palpitate and you can't get breath in your lungs. Your body is literally falling to pieces slowly. Does that make sense? That's happening to the earth. It is literally ending. I don't think this is a pollution thing, okay? Don't go Captain Planet on me. This is, I don't think this is, because that can make it think that like global warming, and, and I'm not saying, now the, the, the stuff the earth is going through is part of God's wrath, absolutely. And human selfishness can result in pollution. There's no doubt. But that's not, this is a direct result of God coming back to earth. He is ending things, literally. Does that make sense? All right, Ty, let's finish this out. 21. And great hailstones, about 100 pounds each, fell from heaven on people, and they cursed God for the plague of the hail because the plague was so severe. And now it's adding this section. So first of all, hail, what, what do we think? Think about Old Testament. What's going on here? Mm -hmm. It's one of the plagues in Exodus. Is that what you're going to say, Alexa? oh <laughs> i'm kind of curious now what were you gonna say okay so you know how like god gave his people manna like it came uh, from the heavens <laughs> I was you know thinking, like, I, okay here's a gift of bread okay now here's destruction of like wet like funny I, I dude I i'm not like. i'm not gonna say you're total now ty is ty's answer is correct but i'm not gonna <laughs> say you're totally off base no i am totally off base <laughs> that's what i wanted to say i was gonna be okay alexa now tell me your wrong answer what do you think it is but it was a good it's a good <laughs> You're still in that Exodus time frame. That's great. So again, it's just hammering home the plagues, the plagues. This is judgment on the, the area of the world that is against God, okay? And, but, but Alexa, what is the result? What do the people do as a result of this in 21? They just curse God. Yes. Instead of doing what? What should they have done instead? They should have like turned away from their sins and their actions and started worshiping him. Instead. Yes. So there's still a chance. Does that make sense? There's still, even though this is the end of the end, he's still, he hasn't finished. He hasn't finished yet. He hasn't judged them yet. Does that make sense? There's still a chance, but it's their own fault. It is our own fault. It is our own fault. There is no one in hell today who is saying, oh, if God had just done this. Well, they are saying that, but they're, they're being selfish about it. And it's never God's fault that someone is in hell. We, we do it ourselves. And then in verse 11 of Revelation 16, verse 11, and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. Both sections of Revelation 16 end with, and instead of turning to God, they wouldn't do it. And then not only do they not do it, they get worse. Does that make sense? They get further from him. These people have no hope because their, their heart is so far away. And so even for us, we ask ourselves, in what ways am I far away from God? That I need to be closer to him. Is it my, my sexual ethic? Is it my political beliefs? Is it my, is it my language? Is it you know, am I, am I as being as, as, am I trying to get close to him through Bible reading or through prayer? Like, like what ways do I need to be closer to him? Right? So that was, that was intense. That was deep. We're getting into 17 now. 
um, we're, we're getting to the end, guys. We really are. We're getting to um, very, very close to the end. And it's only going to get better from here. It's only going to get better from here. Okay. So you guys have gone through the bowls, the seals, the trumpets, the churches. You guys have done a great job. Questions about any of that stuff? Everybody kind of on the same page? You two go. Great job. Great job today. Um, Noah, you're going to, is steam coming out of your ears yet? Is your head exploded? Are you, are you, if you keep up during that, you're going to be fine. So still, still alive, still with us. Um, Ty, Alexa, you guys continue to just shine. Great job. Keep up the good work. And this is, this is super helpful. This is super, super helpful. Um, anyway, end of, end of sermon. Uh, Ty, can you pray us out and we'll be done? Sure. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for the lesson we received. We thank you for your word and just this opportunity that we got to go through it and, and listen to you speak uh, through Ryan. And uh, we ask that you just be with us as we go throughout a new week and just allow us to make time for you each and every day and to just to dwell on the passage that we just learned, uh, Lord. And, and ask that you uh, keep us safe and bring us back on Thursday, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. See you guys Thursday, game night the next Thursday. But until then, I'll see you guys on Zoom. Uh, Barry, so Noah and Alexa, I'm, I'm at Lunch Encounter this Wednesday. Okay, Lunch Encounter Wednesday. So, All right, love you guys. See you then. Bye.